All right, if you have your Bibles, turn to Psalms 34 tonight. And as you're finding the book of Psalms, which is not too hard to find in the middle of the Bible, and uh, the largest, longest book in the Bible, uh, chapter is Psalms 119, about the importance of the Bible. And so I love Psalms and love to, to uh, preach on what I'm about to preach on, and that's praise and worship, or continual praise, the power thereof. I want to go into a business meeting real quick because in respect for the master club leaders that don't get to go to a business meeting on Wednesday night, and I'd like to entertain uh, this motion that we take on the missionaries that were at our missions revival due to your faithful commitment by faith, and that is um, uh, the uh, Stanleys going to Spain, young couple, uh, the Cronins all the way from Tunnel Hill going to Wales. Uh, the Staley's going to the military. He pastored in Tacoa for several years and has already served in Peru for many years. Um, David Wade, we've already supported him. The Laudervilles, big family going to Ghana. Very impressed with their bravery. The Hens Hensleys, which is already out on the field, they presented on Wednesday night and was rudely interrupted. And so I had him uh, call back um, uh, by way of video and asked him to represent. Uh, at Idaho, and that's uh, and he wants just six months support, and he said he'll be self-supporting. That's good faith, amen. And then the Kovacs, which are going to Hungary with the Rock of Ages. So there's, uh, I believe, six new missionaries, and the deacons recommend that all of them uh, for your for your support. All in favor of supporting all those missionaries, say amen. Opposed, of course not, amen. Unfortunately, we have to drop some missionaries or discontinue their support. We have the Huffmans that's uh, uh, leaving Brazil and going to Marietta, Georgia, so he'll have to represent, and that's a good missionary who's been faithful many years. And then the Nichols family out of Brother uh, Eric's church is uh, uh, not going to work with Rock of Ages anymore, and so we need to discontinue them. And so uh, those two are definitely need discontinue because they're changing fields and then the Doss family in California um, and then uh, the Shreve family that um, their marriage is in trouble so he came off the field after six months and he's uh, working my, by the way for my son Jason, uh, Stephen uh, and um, he's just going to be a layman in Vision Baptist Church so pray for his family, pray for his marriage and I think he's doing the proper thing to, to protect his marriage and to get his marriage in order. So those four missionaries will have to discontinue. So we're going to take on six. So we need to find some more missionaries and take them home. We'll present our Christmas offering, which will be a mission project next, next Sunday, and uh, we're excited about that. Also, I want to announce this. This is exciting. Uh, next uh, Sunday night, we'll burn the note. We'll be debt-free as of next Sunday night. Amen? And that's $48,000 we spent on all these improvements, and we're going to pay it off Monday. So that's a blessing. Somebody gave a $6,000 offer, and then another uh, $1,025 came in. And then so it only leaves us a balance of about $3,500 that we can take out of our general fund, and we'll be debt-free. All in favor of that, say amen. amen. I like to be debt-free, at least for a few weeks anyway. Praise God. And uh, we've got some improvements now. I want to call a uh, the, the friendship class. Uh, fellowship, we're going to knock out a wall soon, and don't let your teacher do it by himself. Amen, Brother Al will do it by himself if you don't help. 
And so we want all able-bodied men that love to destroy something and have a sledgehammer and knock out a wall. And some of you that work out, you can skip your little gym a visit that day and just take a sledgehammer and take it out on the devil. Knock out a wall. So, Brother Al, if you'd like We'll even take ladies that are feeling real vicious, you know, if you'd like to. No, not really. Not really. We don't want to do that. All right. Let's t- uh, we wouldn't have ladies back there at all. Amen. They might swing the hammer and hit somebody. No, no. Sledgehammer. I'm talking about sled. Not a little bitty hammer. I mean sledgehammer. Amen. So we're going to uh, have a nice fellowship hall and a bigger friendship class, but we're going to need some help soon. Amen. We've got to get the beam in, knock out the wall. they got a temporary wall, up, and Brother Allen's done a lot of work. In these decorations, beautiful, amen, I appreciate Miss Rebecca spending hours and hours and hours, she always does, to make this place look so beautiful, and uh, didn't put a hole in the wall, I don't think, amen, that's restricted now, I want to put pens in it, flags, it don't bother me, but uh, we're trying to keep it unholy, that didn't sound right, amen, <laughs> we're trying to keep it nice, amen, so anyway, but I, I appreciate Miss Rebecca, she does a lot of work behind the scenes that nobody knows and puts a lot of hours in. Appreciate her so very much. Amen. I meant to say that this morning. All right, so uh, we'll burn another note next uh, Sunday night. That'll be fun. I love burning stuff. I love it. I about caught the neighborhood on fire one time. I was burning cedar. That was a mistake. Boy, mercy. I'll never do that again. With gas. That's not a good thing. No, amen. Not a good thing. All right, Psalms 34. I praise God I'm alive. Amen. And I got some hair that's not singed after all that. Uh, I did burn up a trampoline. The embers were falling in the sky and put holes in my kids' trampoline. They're bitter to this day that I burnt up their trampoline. But anyway, the woods were spared. Amen. And that garden hose didn't help a bit. All right, Psalms 34. We're going to just preach just a little while. I almost called on Brother Adam to preach. I know he's burning to preach, so we'll get him next time. I didn't know he was going to be here today, or I wouldn't have studied all day for this, but... uh, I like this chapter so much that I started it uh, Tuesday and didn't preach but about 15 minutes because of all the long testimonies that were so beautiful. And, uh, you know, I thank God for you praising the Lord, especially during the difficult times. And I'll be preaching a little bit on that today. This is the best place to be when you're hurting. Amen? Best place to be. Don't let the devil isolate you. I mean, don't let the devil knock you out of church. Stay close to each other. Stay close to God. Stay close to the altar. Amen. Psalms 34. Let's read verses 1 through 12. Again, standing on the word of God. I will bless the Lord at all times. How many do that? Say amen. There's a few of you. Praise God. That's good. I'm going to ask your wife or husband if you do that. No. All times. All the time you ought to praise God. You don't ask my wife if I do that all the time. But I want to. It says... His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Continually. There's power in that. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. I'll close with that thought. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Oh, let us exalt his name together. That's what happened Tuesday night. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his trouble. And the angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him and delivereth them. O taste 
and see the Lord is good. Some things you just need to experience. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lion do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come, ye children, hearken unto me, and I'll teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days, that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. I think I'll stop right there. Let's pray. And you may be seated while I pray. Father, thank you that you're really good and you're really great. And God, greater is he that lives in us than he that lives in the world. So God, help us to realize the eternal value of worship. But God, help us to realize the power of worship and what worship will do in our life if we'll continually praise you. So Lord, teach us, help us. God, we're all prone to complain. We're all prone to gossip. We're all prone to be negative. We're all prone to get depressed and give up. We're prone to fear and, and, uh, and Lord, worry. Lord, give us holy contentment. Give us holy praise continually. We'll praise you and thank you for what you do in and through this simple message. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, it might be a simple message, but this is a profound truth. David um, changed his behavior uh, in front of Elimelech, and, and, and Elimelech dro uh, drove him away, the Bible says, in the header of Psalms. He literally acted like a mad animal to try to save his life. And I, I imagine that he was um, very distraught as he looked back on that situation. And folks, I want to tell you something. Nothing will help you more or stimulate your faith more than worship. The Bible says, I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. He's probably regretting the, the, the thing that he had to do to save his hide. He's probably regretting acting like a mad animal. He's probably regretting that he was driven out of his own uh, kingdom by his own son. But then he said, you know, what I need to do is not pout and panic and be pitiful. I need to continually praise God. Folks, praising, it's amazing what praising will do. That's not just a song, that's the truth. And folks, praising is saying this, God, you're great. God, you're greater. And God, you're the greatest. And God, you're good. Amen. That's what praising's all about. You think about it. Who do you praise when you praise God? Now, some of you, you'd never praise God vocally, but the Bible says you ought to show forth praise. That means you ought to walk the walk and be a peculiar people and show forth praise as those that were delivered out of the darkness into light. So when you boast in the Lord, you brag on the Lord and you exalt His name. The Bible says we ought to do it together. So that's why it's so valuable to have a church that believes in real worship. I'm not talking about worship and play. I'm talking about worship and praise. I'm talking about getting excited, smiling, saying amen, shouting, raising a hand. None of that's out of order. What's out of order, order is deadness. What's out of order is sadness in the house of God. This is no temple where we're trying to present incense in some kind of 
form, a form of worship. This is worshiping the living God. And I want to tell you something, folks. It's not how great your faith is. It's how great your faith is in a great God. It's not how big your faith is. It's how big your God is. And so, folks, he puts the emphasis on who he is. Look at verse 2. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Now, I'll tell you what will kill a testimony service is when somebody gets up and they want the glory. When somebody gets up and all they do is brag about what they've done, what they're going to do, and what they plan on doing. That'll kill a service in a five-minute second. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, I've seen it over and over again. Somebody gets up and they get caught up on what they've done. And they get caught up on where they're at. And folks, it's all flesh. It's pride. It's vain glory. And God doesn't get the glory. And folks, the Bible, uh, the, the word worship comes from two words, worth-ship. It's an old English word. He's worthy of all praise. And then look at verse 2. It says, And the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. I want to say this, friend. The humble means they believe your praise. You know, most of us are skeptical at the best. And we see somebody get happy in the Lord or get excited or raise their hand or say amen, which is not some of y'all's custom, I understand. Uh, y'all didn't get excited at a ball game. But I want to say this, friend, there's much more important things going on in heaven than on this earth. And our, our, we ought to give him the glory and the praise and the honor for all that he's done, but all that he is. And folks, the humble will be glad. In other words, they'll humbly believe that you know who you're praising. And, they'll, and your praise will make God more real to them. Your consistency, your faithfulness. And so some people walk around with a cloud of doom. I mean, folks, the, the, the place gets brighter when you leave it. And it shouldn't be that way. You shouldn't be going around saying, I know it's going to be bad. I know it's good now, but it's going to be bad sooner or later. That's pessimism. Folks, I want to tell you something. Optimism is knowing not the power of positive thinking, but the power of positive faith in you. By faith, you know God's real. And you know God's right, and you know God is good. So number one, I preached just this point, which I was amazed I only preached one point, is that praise boosters your faith. Praise increases your faith. Praise increases other people's faith because you're praising Him, not you. You're praising Him and not them. You're not praising the preacher, you're praising God. And folks, I want to tell you something, worship is praise. And if you're not accustomed to praise, you better get used to it because in heaven, the place is going to be full of it. As a matter of fact, everybody's going to be praising the Lamb. Everybody's going to be focusing on the, on the throne. And it's not going to be foreign for somebody to get emotional in heaven. I believe they'll be shouting in heaven. I believe they'll be praising in heaven. I believe they'll be singing in heaven and not the little form singing where it's your time to get up and fill the slot. But I mean spirit-filled singing and praise to, for the glory of God. And folks, that exalts his name. That makes him real to a lost and dying world. The model prayer I ended with Tuesday night was it starts with hallowed be thy name. And then Matthew chapter 6, except in the NIV, it takes that whole verse out. It says thine is the power and the glory and the kingdom forever. They take that whole verse out. That's absurd. Because folks, the only reason you pray is for his kingdom, his glory, and his, and, and his praise. Amen. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. 
Matthew chapter 6. Look it up sometime. You got an NIV, you won't find it. Matter of fact, you need to throw that thing in the trash. Amen. Stay with the King James Bible. Amen. I know I put a damper on the service right then, but somebody ought to praise God that we have the preserved Word of God. Say amen. When you praise God, you, your faith is boosted. But number two, when you praise God, your fear is banished. Your fear is banished. Look at verse 4. I sought the Lord, and He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked into Him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. Praise God, I'm going to tell you something, friend. When you magnify the Lord and you exalt Him and you seek Him with all your heart, you will find Him and He delivers you from all your fears. We live in a fearful day. You know, the number one section in every bookstore is the, is the section on the subject of mental health. In other words, it's saying we're all crazy. We're mentally ill. But folks, what it is, people are fearful. And that's not God's will for a Christian. You shouldn't be afraid of the dark. You shouldn't be afraid of electricity. You shouldn't be afraid of snakes. I'm only kidding. You ought to be afraid of all those. You might fall over something. You might get shocked. And you might get bit. But you should not fear. You should not fear the unknown. You should not fear the future. You should not fear stepping out and taking a chance and stepping out by faith and be an adventurer and a pioneer. You shouldn't fear that. But folks, we all are fearful. And folks, I want to tell you something. Ann Landers was asked uh, what's the common denominator of all her letters that she receives. She said, the number one subject is fear. People write all the time, over and over again, they're pulled down captive by fear. Fear. Folks, where faith begins, fear should end. And I want to say this, friend. I don't think we ought to just be uh, uh, charging hell with a squirt gun and not being cautious but I'm saying friend if you live in an attitude of fear I'm going to tell you what to cure it praise praise you ought to praise the Lord I know uh, often I'll counsel with people that fear they've lost their salvation or fear they really didn't get salvation or they didn't really mean it or they didn't pray through you don't pray through you pray to because he prayed through it's not a works it's faith. But I want to tell you something. The way to have blessed assurance is praise God daily for your salvation. Wake up saying, I'm glad I'm saved. Go to bed saying, I'm glad I'm saved. Uh, folks, pray over the uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwich at school. I'm glad I'm saved. Folks, I want to tell you something. Praise will keep you from being self-centered. And most fear is self-centered. Most fear is because of pride. You're afraid what people will think. You're afraid what will happen. You're afraid, here it is, that you'll fail. You're afraid that you'll make the wrong decision. That's fear. And folks, I want to tell you something. There's a time where we just have to stop being so egocentric and self-centered and say, praise God, Lord. I'm going to step out by faith. I'm going to believe you, and I'm going to praise you ahead of time for the results before it even takes place. We need to plant by faith, not by fear. We need to step out by faith. We need to live by faith. And folks, we need to live praising God that He is who He is and that He will keep His promise. He'll never leave you or forsake you. But egocentricism is a form of self-destruction. We're being taught over and over again in America, it's all about you. 
And it's all about us. No, it's not about you and it's not about us. It's about him. And folks, the Bible says in Luke chapter 9, verse 24, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life for my sake, the same shall find it. I believe that's where Jim Elliott might have got his saying. It makes sense to what? Lose what you cannot keep. Is that it? And gain what you cannot lose. Something like that. He gave his life for Christ. And it makes sense to give up your life because you can't keep it anyway. And it makes sense to invest your life in God's glory because it will last forever. Only what's done for Christ will last. So you ought to praise God that the Lord has called you to live by faith. You ought to praise Him. Every morning you ought to get up praising God. It will change the whole atmosphere of your day. It will cause your day to be an adventure. It will cause your day to encompass and inhabit the praise of God, will inhabit His presence. And folks, this is it. Folks, I want to tell you something. We need to not live in a psychic world. That's where the word soul comes from. And, there's, and psychic means ego. You begin to destruct when you live for ego and for self. You fear everything. And folks, we need to not be defensive and hostile and aggressive. We need to be filled with praise. You need to praise God anyway. You need to praise God over your emotional state. You need to praise God not as an escape, but as a reality of your faith. And folks, when you praise God, you're saying, God, I want to remind myself, you are able to take care of my fears. Fear will eat you alive. If I feared, I would have never come to this. If I went by my fears, Connie and I would have never stepped foot in this town. Because we were scared to death. Because we'd never done this before. I'm still in my first pastorate. First pastorate. I told somebody today I was witnessing to Brad at the Taco Bell. I felt cheap this afternoon. Amen. So I'm going to the Taco Bell. Had a long talk with your brother. And your brother, the, the, the drive through went out of business. And he was sitting there saying, hey, preacher. Don't order anything. I've been here 30 minutes. He said it out loud for the whole restaurant here. I said, who in the world is that? And it was his brother that's killing himself. And boy, did we have a good time witnessing in the Taco Bell. And he promised me he'd come. Folks, God sets up an amazing situation. Shuts down a drive through Hallelujah. At a cheap Taco Bell. Praise God, it was better than the Chalupa. Chalupa or whatever, Amen. Chalupa, that's half taco, half chalupa. Anyway, you ought to have one of those chalupa, chalupas. They're good, amen. Don't make fun of me over there. We cannot put, listen, you cannot put your eyes upon an infinite and holy and all-powerful, wonderful God and make your boast in Him and keep your eyes upon your bankrupt self. Praise will deliver you from yourself because it's an act of faith when you praise God. Next time you get up all fearful and all fretful and all pessimistic, why don't you praise God for the eggs you're eating? Why don't you praise God for the toast? It's not burnt, Brother Chris. Yesterday I decided I'd host a little Georgia victory football party and I got some Sam's Wholesale Pizza. And me and Jason and Chris, while Miss Connie was in the shower, said we can cook these things. And boy, did we cook them. We about burnt the whole kitchen up. I mean, we smoked it. It was terrible. 
We invited people over. I was embarrassed to death. But I want to tell you something. I praise God the house is still there. I praise God for the smoke alarm that interrupted our Georgia football game. I mean, I knew it was getting a little foggy, but I thought it was Georgia just smoking the jackets. I mean, I didn't know what was going on. But I want to say this, friend. Thank God the Lord's been good to me and good to you and good to your family and good to your children. We ought to praise God and put our eyes upon Him. And folks, listen, the Bible says in Isaiah 61.3, To the appointed unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, all of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Folks, you have a spirit of heaviness tonight. It's because you have banished the Lord from your praise. Some people are doom and gloom. We ought to be glory and praise. Amen? We ought to not come in with a cloud of pessimism in our job situation. You ought to be the very one that changes the atmosphere of your job by praising, showing up and praising God all day long. Continually. There's power in perpetual praise. And you that say amen can say amen and you to just crack a little smile and I can see two teeth. Do that. Because it's worth it. To praise his holy name. For he is worthy. Oh, I don't think you ever ought to pay, play an instrument unless you're doing it for his praise. I don't think you ever ought to sing in his choir because it's your religious duty. You're doing it to praise him. And folks, you will have a ricochet that will take place. You'll bless the humble and make them glad like that beautiful song this morning. But it'll, it'll bless your heart. Because it, when you sing, you're reminded of the if you're really singing in the spirit of who you're singing for and what he's done and what he's going to do. And so that's why music is so beautiful. And I'm talking about Christ-honored music like we have. I thank God for our orchestra. It's beautiful music. I don't have to apologize for some rock and roll junk that doesn't belong in the house of God. I don't have to apologize for some uh, psychedelic situation Folks, it's God-honoring music, and it honors God. Choir, that was beautiful this morning. That helped my soul. I was very, very down when I come in this room. Don't ask me why. Probably just tired from eating turkey. It takes a lot of energy to eat as much as I did. So, folks, it's not, listen, listen, listen. You, you, faith is bolstered. Fear is banished. And how are you going to overcome your fear? By feelings? No, I'll tell you what. The more you try to do that, the more you'll fear. I'm not going to fear, I'm not going to fear, I'm not going to fear, I'm not going to fear. It's kind of like this, I'm not going to hate him, I'm not going to hate him, and the more you say, the more you hate him. I didn't mean to look at you like that, Pete. Listen. And then you say, well, maybe it's forgetting. Let's try forgetting. You can't do that either. The more you try to forget it, the more you'll, you'll remember it. Say amen. I'm, I'm going to forget what he did. I'm going to forget how she looked at me. I'm going to forget her not speaking to me. Folks, the more you say that, the more you'll remember it. Hey, maybe it's by fighting, you know, but I'll just say this, you know Matt's for the devil, and he uses discouragement more than anything in this world besides pride. No, it's by faith. And where faith begins, and it's continued by prayer, prayer and praise, fear ends. So number one, faith is bolstered. Fear is banished. And number three, when you praise, your foes are defeated. Your foes. Look at verse 6. 
This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his trouble. The angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him and delivereth them. You ought to memorize that scripture if you're fearful. Need to stop concentrating on the enemy and start focusing on the Lord. It's like the servant at Dothan. He said, man, we're outnumbered. And Elijah said, open the eyes of the servant. He opened up his eyes and he saw the army and the host of the Lord. He said, wait a minute. I think we got them outnumbered. And he praised God and shouted it out probably. Even your enemy will be at peace with you. Why? Because they're afraid of God. And when you're praising God, He's with you. He's manifested. He inhabits the praise of His people. Uh, the Bible says in Psalms 22. And folks, I just want you to know when you praise God, what happens? I'll tell you what happens. God is near. Now, I know He's omnipresent. But I want to tell you something. He is always there and he's dynamically present when you praise him. You say, no, I think that's just emotionalism. That's what's wrong with you. You think everything's emotionalism because you're so unemotional. But I want to tell you this, friend, it's not always just emotionalism. It's the motion of God in them. It's God's moving upon hearts. It's faith being activated. It's people seeing God. I mean, actually seeing him. I'm not talking about some spooky uh, image. I'm talking about knowing that he is near, knowing that he's right, knowing that he's able, and knowing that greater is he that is in you than he's in the world. And folks, listen, they, they're not afraid of you, the demons of hell. They're afraid of God. So when you praise God and have faith in God and pray to God, and acknowledge his presence, I want to say this, the devil is defeated because he don't want to go against who you're praising. Now he can take you and divide you and devour you and deceive you and damage you and defeat you. I've seen it. He's devastated some people in this very congregation. And he's devastated me at times. Praise God when I acknowledge his presence. And I say, hey, Lord, I can't handle him. You please answer the door. I'm tempted to try to handle it. I'm tempted to try to figure it out. And folks, there's no, there's no way we can handle the enemy of Satan. Last but not least, when you praise God, your future is bright. Your future is bright. Look at verse 11. Come, ye children, hearken unto me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. I like that, amen. Praise God. Some preachers at that moment would take off their lapel mic. I'm going to trust the Lord, amen? Give me a handheld. No, not really. Look at, verse, look, at, look, at verse, look at verse 12. What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days that he may see good? All of you want to have good days and all of you want to be a blessing to others. And the greatest way to, be, uh, to realize your blessings is be a blessing. But look at verse 13. Keep thy tongue from evil. That's that pessimistic attitude, that fearful attitude, that negativeism. And thy lips from speaking guile. Here it is. Let's just criticize everybody. Yeah, you'll really be happy then, praise God. You'll be as worse as you'll be worse than the one you're criticizing. If you don't watch, y'all just praise God. Look at verse 13. Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. 
Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Listen to this now. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. Future is bright as God's promises. I think a great missionary said that one time. Judson, I believe his name was. Not Hudson, Judson. Gave his life on the mission field. His wife died. Had to go door to door and have his little baby uh, fed by the um, um, natives there to keep him alive because he was in prison. But standing for God. And he said, the future is brighter as God's promises. Amen. When he came back to the States, they called him uh, glory face because he had a shine and a countenance about him. And he came back after losing three wives to death. And he still was praising God. Folks, your future is bright as your praise in the present. John 4, God's seeking a people to worship Him. And, and, uh, and you know, I don't believe God's seeking somebody to worship Him because He's an egotist. Is God is in, you think God's insecurity needs your praise? No, He don't need your praise. He deserves your praise. But God is constantly telling us He's great. He's awesome. He's big, he's powerful, he's able. He is the I am. And when you praise God, you can't make him any more glorious. You can't add to his attributes because he's all glorious. Why should you praise? Because we become like what we worship. You become like what you worship. If you worship money, that'll be your God, and people will look at you and say, he's money hungry. If you worship others, you'll like to be like others. But folks, when you worship God, you become more like him. And folks, that's a great future. The woman at the well, she was thinking about religion, and she was trying to get her needs met, and, and the reason she came to Jesus, she was thirsty. She was looking for something she could fi not find. She'd already been married four times. Now she's just given up on that and she's shacking, which is a sin. She says, if I can just get married, I can find the right man, she says. That man could meet my deepest needs. And she was dead wrong. Your husband can never meet your deepest needs, ladies. Only Christ can meet that need of security. And folks, I want to tell you something. She was not meeting... Uh, um, most people that get a divorce say, say this. This is the bottom line. She wasn't meeting my needs. He wasn't meeting my needs. And folks, I want to tell you why they weren't. Because they can't. They can't. Larry Crabb, a guy that I read a lot of Christian psychologists on marriage, said this. Marriage, uh, said most people enter into marriage for the same reason that ticks get on a dog. What they can get out of. But he said, the only trouble in marriage, there is, there is two ticks and no dog. <laughs> I love that. I, mean, I, know that's, I know that's deep. I know that's, that, you won't hear that in Michigan, brother. That's, that's redneck. But praise God. Folks, that's the truth. We're all trying to get, 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 get. We're all trying to get our needs met. You're draining your mate, by the way. The only one who meets your needs is Jesus. You ought to praise him for that. 
You ought to get up in the morning and say, I know my wife can't meet my needs, but Lord, you can. I know he can't meet my needs. He wanted me to acknowledge my great breakfast I just cooked him, but Lord, you can. We get our significance, we get our security. Folks, there's a supreme need in your life. That need is God. And so when you worship him, you have that kind of relationship with God where you can worship him continually. And he's real. And he's right. And he's able. Continual praise. I know some people, they're continually pessimistic. They're continually melodrama, drama, tragedy. It's going to happen bad. Let's get it on. I know it is, and it's you against the world, and you are miserable. But I want to tell you something. You go to work tomorrow, or you go to school tomorrow, or you just get up tomorrow and don't go anywhere and just start praising God for everything that he is. You will touch the humble, and they'll be glad. I thank God for parents that praise the Lord in front of their children instead of complaining about what God is not doing in your life. Because what are you doing to your children? You're making your children think that God is holding out on you, that God's a cheapskate, and God's not able. But when you praise Him, they get an image of God that He is God. And the humble are touched. I close with this illustration. Time Magazine ran an article few years ago about a rise of suicide in the country of Japan rising with each decade in fact just the past 10 years 30,000 people have taken their lives in, in Japan when he told the story of a man named Yokio Shinge a retired detective and a believer every day since 2004 he has roamed the area known as the Tojibo Cliffs. That's Japanese, so excuse my English. A popular site for suicide. Along the coast of the Sea of Japan, people go there every day and commit suicide in Japan. Still do. But he goes there looking for people who are considering jumping. And if he spots someone that looks like they might be contemplating suicide by jumping off the cliff into the sea, and I can show you a picture of that. I don't know if you've got that or not, Brother Cody, but I sent it to you. But they, they slowly, he slowly approaches them and offers a gentle hello. Aren't you glad he didn't sneak up behind him and say, Praise God! They'd probably jump over him. He just, he, just says, he just says hello very calmly. And then does his best to engage them in a conversation. At that point, Shinge, S-H-I-G-E, will offer him a light touch on the shoulder, which often causes the person to begin to cry. And Shinge will then say, you've had a hard time up until now, haven't you? He doesn't stop there. He will invite them back to his office where he offers free counseling. But first he offers them a dish of pounded sticky rice served with grated relish. Traditionally, the food is prepared to celebrate the new year with each family taking its own rice to be mixed with that of the neighbors. 
And he says to the reporter, when people come here and eat this dish, they often remember good things from their past. And they implicitly consider there is a new year ahead of them. The ringtone for this man's cell phone is set to amazing grace. He's a true believer. And so far, 188 desperate men and women have been rescued and restored to life through his personal, quiet, caring message. You know, the church has many organizers and many agonizers. Many folks do a lot of things in the church, but I'll tell you what we need. We need more interceders. We need more people that will praise God in front of the humble and humbly touch people's lives with the reality of this. God is who He says He is. And I love Him and I praise Him. I believe literally we could save more than 188 lives. We couldn't save anybody, but God could save more than 188 souls if our whole church would take verse 2 to heart. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord, and the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt the name, His name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto me and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. The poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. And the angel of the Lord encampeth around them that fear him and delivereth them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Oh, fear the Lord, ye as saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. Father, thank you for who you are. I thank you, dear God, for the privilege of worship on this side of heaven, the privilege of praise. But God, help it not to end in this sanctuary that's sanctified for praise and worship. But God, may we wake up in the morning praising you. May we praise you in the noontime and when the sun goes down. May we praise you in the great times and in the bad times. May we praise you for your grace and your strength. May we praise you for your presence. God help us not to let Thanksgiving be the only time we praise you. But God may we continually, constantly, consistently Praise you and magnify your name that the humble may be glad.